Cape Talk. The Fringe, only on late nights. I go now to Lorna Morrissey, who is a birth doula, a name that many people aren't familiar with um, in terms of our idea of what it is to give birth. Lorna, let's start with clarifying what a doula is. It's not a midwife. It's not a midwife. I am a midwife, but it's not. It's not because I'm a. It's be, not because I'm a midwife that I'm a doula. Yeah. Doulas are trained by um, uh, uh, an, an absolutely passionate woman in Somerset West, and Irene Borkman, and she has the the biggest thing she has is that no doula, nobody can be a doula unless they have had their own child. Oh, that's interesting. So that they know. What the, they understand better what the mother is going through in her terms of distress or pain or mm. anxiety, mm. And, and because they've had their own children, they can understand that situation better. Some people get very upset because they want to be doulas, but they're not allowed to be because they haven't had their own children. And a doula is someone who is trained. It's a year's a year's training with a fairly stiff exam at the end, so they have some knowledge of the technical terms of birthing. And they are people who are truly, truly dedicated to what they do. The group is called WOMBS, which is Women Offering Mothers Birth Support. Um, and they, they are called upon at any time. They usually meet the mothers beforehand. And so they know the family. They know what's going on. They attend home births. They attend, attend hospital births. And they are there to keep the mother present in where she is and not let her lose the focus which is very easy to lose when you are doing something particularly for the first time. But anybody who has had a doula for the first time will usually, the majority, will want one, want one for the second and the third time mm. because it's mm. such, a, it's such a, a, a gift to be able to birth and not be panicked and to know what's mm. going to happen. And the best births are in water, the best births are squatting, then we've we've turned the world upside down by putting mothers on their backs and telling them to push, because you actually don't need to tell a mother to push; her body will tell her yes. when to push, <laughs> and <laughs> there's no way she yes. can stop it. And so it's that sort of frantic um, push, 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 as if suddenly that's yes. going to reduce the anxiety that's and right. the pain. It doesn't. It just makes it worse. So you keep your mother calm, you keep her relaxed, because a relaxed mother is more easy, more able to birth easily. And you and a lot of the techniques you teach the the partner or any other companion that the the woman might have to to rub her back to know how to hold her. Lots can be learnt in antenatal classes of with with partners working together and how they can help their their partners give the give birth and go mm. through the birth process. So and it's um it's it's extraordinarily rewarding. I know when I volunteered at Somerset Hospital, and sometimes only I was only with a mother for half an hour, and the thanks at the end were unbelievable. Mm, mm. I just was so grateful because somebody had come in and actually grounded them. Yes, and so the focus is on the mother, not on the process. No, the focus is on the mother getting through the process. Yeah. Because without, as you've been a, scared of it. I want to clarify because you were a midwife and Well I still once you're a midwife you're always a midwife. Yes, Why yes. I became a doula was because I had worked in I I didn't work at all for eleven years when my children were little and then I didn't couldn't get back into midwifery and I did all sorts of other things. 
And then I left where I was working, where I had developed my own practice in a variety of things, which we won't go into now. And I set up, I turned my garage into a salon and a work, workspace. Now oh, my stupid fan is bleeping. Put it away somewhere. And, um, and that, then I thought, well, maybe I can go back to midwifery. And I thought, no, actually I can't because there's too much involved in the, um, in the, and I had to get a license to have to carry drugs and all sorts of mm. stuff like that. And, and you carry so, a different responsibility, don't you? Yes, you do. For me, doulering was like midwifery without the responsibility. Yeah. That was the joy of it. Because I, didn't, I wasn't responsible. I knew when, and I knew very well when, I needed yes. to call the staff. Yes. Because we're not, I wasn't allowed to interfere in the medical side of the birthing. Yes. But you, I worked with lots of, lots of doctors. And, and the staff, always, you know, for them it was easier because they knew that I was totally responsible as far as being a midwife was concerned. Mm. And I didn't overstep the limit. Mm. Into into mm. being into their into their world, as it mm. were. Mm. Mm. That was it. It was a very satisfying, oh, I think ten, fifteen years. Perhaps I did it. No, something like that. Mm. I'm sure that uh, the the training that you received from Irene, a component of that, must have been part of the the, the middle uh, experience you had as a as a midwife. Oh, absolutely. I sort of wondered why I had to do it, but she yeah. said I had to do it, so I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a different focus, me. isn't it? It's a different focus. The focus, but it's also teaching the the un. The uneducated, let's call them uneducated because they don't know what they're, what they're doing. It's teaching them terminology. It's teaching them process. It's teaching. So they learn the process of birthing and the terminology of birthing, but they don't have the responsibility to put that into process, into practice. Hmm. If you follow me. Well, it's, it's, so a, it's, it's about also, um, you know, you, you use the word you're calming the mother down. It is an incredibly mm. tense time, you know, and we, mm. you know, we, we hear and, and see all sorts of, of footage of people who, who want to do this natural birth and they, and they scream, give me the drugs, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, and in fact, because of the situation in South Africa where Having that, the choice is the mothers to have a Caesar, a cold Caesar, not to not to go into into labour at all. We have, and because it's easier, it means that your life can be planned. It means the medical life can be planned. It's and it's it takes the sort of unknown out of it, and it reduces and the it, HIV risk, of course. Well, well, I don't think we'll go there this evening. Yeah. Maybe another time. <laughs> I don't think it reduces the HIV risk at all. Um, but it, how can I put this? It, it, the, because of that, the mothers who decide to have natural birth are bombarded by women who have chosen to have Caesars. Oh, but why don't you have a Caesar? It's so easy. Mm. It's actually not easy. It's major, major surgery. It's mm. much more major than having a baby mm. because you're, it's like a hysterectomy. Only you, st- you take the baby out and you stitch the uterus back up again uh, and leave it inside rather than taking it out. So it's major surgery, which is, well, for me, not the best thing to do unless you really have to. But those mothers who have opted for a natural birth and then something happens and they need to have a Caesar, they go, they're getting them through that psychological change is extraordinarily difficult. Mm. That's the hardest job to do. Mm. 
Mm. because they are so set on having their mm. natural birth yes. because everybody says, oh, it's no use and it's much nicer to have a Caesar. It's, and so you have to sort of take them back over this hurdle and say, look, there are t- this is what Caesars are for. Caesars are for when babies are not going to be born healthy and well or the mother's not going to stay healthy and well mm. if we go on trying, trying, trying to have a natural birth. Mm. Mm. You so spoke- it's, a really, it's a really tender subject, but it's, it's mm. a fascinating, it's a wonderful thing to do. I, I really enjoyed it. Now, you spoke about uh, water birthing. I remember when I was um, mm. um, at the hospital, I loved the Laboya method and the idea of mm. bringing a child um, from mm. the warm uh, uh, sort of nurturing element of the mother instead of yanking it out and clapping it on mm. the back in the cold hair, mm. air. That, that lovely soothing introduction. Um, has that gained more uh, uh, traction? Is it more sexy than it, it used to be 40, 50 years ago? I think it. I think it certainly is. The drought in Cape Town hasn't helped it. No, <laughs> that was the baths were stopped because you use a really stack of water. But yes, it has, and people have. They have birthing ponds that they can hire and they have in their homes. Okay. To anything that you have, that you put into water, takes away ninety percent of the pain. Because you're because you're buoyant. Mm. So you're not held mm. by gravity. Mm. So it's really comfortable for them to be in the water. Mm. And mm. I've had, I had experience of a, a doctor who came in and I had the mother in the bath and she had never done a water birth and she knelt down by the bath and mm. she just birthed. And the baby, if the baby stays under the water, it doesn't breathe. So the baby can be lying in the bath under the water, eyes open, and it's not until it hits the air that that stimulates it to breathe. Wow. So babies don't drown when they're born into water. Mm. They don't breathe until they hit the air, which for me is, is fascinating. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and dads getting in, in the water, is that, is that oh, commonplace? Yeah. Very much so. And behind, other partners? Behind the mother. Okay. So the mother is, is leaning against them mm. and, 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 and supporting them. It's amazing. Now, do you get actually get in the water, or do you do your no. your calming? The, you know, <laughs> the bath is only the bath is only so big. Yes. <laughs> so by the time you've got the father and the mother in the bath, yes, there's not an awful lot of room for anybody else. Okay. No, I, you don't get into the water. You can work from outside. You can still, as the mother's in the bed, yes, she's now in the bath. Yes. So you can still keep her breathing, keep her relaxed. Keeping them relaxed is the main thing because fear makes you tense. Yes. And yes. that makes birthing difficult. So if yes. you can get the mother to relax, and I used to have a method where I would get the mother to watch me and to breathe with me and to mm. relax and to stop her frowning because as soon as you frown, you tense. Mm. So if you can keep her calm and keep her, stop her frowning and breathing with you so that her whole system is relaxed, it's, um, that is what the biggest thing that we can do. And to rock them. I've had mothers who've wanted to go for tea and we've packed, we've got dressed and we've gone off and down to the local tea shop and then mm. come back again. You know, it's, <laughs> it, because, it's, because it's a normal yeah. process. It's something okay. that happens in the day. Yeah. So it's about keeping, yeah. as, as working with the mother and whatever works for the mother. Yes, absolutely. Well, yes, whatever works for the mother, but whatever works with the mother that's good for her. Mm, not mm. just letting her scream and you mm, know mm. and shout, but getting her to be to be present. Because mm. a lot of them aren't present; they just go off. And it, it, the mothers, particularly youngsters and 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 girls who are in the state hospitals who've had no proper antenatal care. Mm. I mean, it's it's a whole. It's not just the doula. Mm. It's the whole um, 
basket of care that, that um, pregnant mothers should have, mm, mm. whether they're 13 or whether they're 20, 40, 53. They all need the same care. Mm. In terms of, of the people who do the training with Irene, mm. um, you said mm. it was a year-long course. Yeah. Do those tend to kind of fit the stereotype of the older wise woman? No. No, okay. No, definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. Okay. It's, as, as I say, as long as they've had their own child, yes. they can, lots of them are young. Lots of them are in their 20s. Well, you know, as, as it, they ha- that, the thing has been that mothers, girls are having women, let's call them women, women are having their children later in later years, so the age of the doula has gone, uh, become a bit older. But no, anywhere between 20 and my age, 70. Okay. Now, you can be a doula. Keeping someone calm, breathing, of course, is something, you know, everyone says breathe and um, we, 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 we know that people go and they practice their breathing. Um, you, do you use your voice, obviously, to calm someone and your knowledge of the person and your knowledge, knowledge of the procedure? As you say, sometimes it's just about um, understanding that it's the fear and the tension that, that ratchets things up. And when people yeah. know that it's part of the process, um, yeah. And and they they tend to go with the flow more. Do you use? I mean, I know you're musical. Do you use things like music? Do do, do you encourage mothers? Yes, we we would encourage. We would always encourage mothers to bring music with them. Yes. And if they haven't brought music with them, I always had music with me. Some people didn't want it, but music, yes. Anything, candles, scented candles, a darkened room. You don't need blazing lights. A darkened room. All those things that you would. Envisage like if you went to a spa and okay. there's scented and there's scents and there's warmth and there's peace. Yes, and that's that's what you want. So you want you want it all to be that everything to be an ambience of peace. And yes, lots of music. And what, depending on the person, yes. the music that they choose. Exactly, that's what I was going to ask. Because their own choice. And, and somebody's some the, the choice of music for somebody to to create a peaceful atmosphere will be very different from from another mother. Yes, definitely. Yes. But mostly people go for the more quieter, melodic music. Yeah. Now, certainly if I've provided the music. (laughs) Now, having a child is expensive. Um, Yeah. Obviously, people who want a home birth, they're they're choosing that. Um, A midwife, will there be a cost with it? As a doula, there's an an extra cost. Does medical aid cover this? They are beginning to. I believe now, I know when I was working, there was a lot of discussion with Discovery, and I, I heard recently um, that Discovery have now accepted doulas, and they will pay for them. So, so this is a huge step. Wow. A huge step. Yes. Okay. And like the, the, um, one of the heads at the Hrutuskir at in the gynecology and obstetrics unit, she applied to the, um, the Bill Gates Foundation for funding to have doulas in every single hospital in the country, but they turned her down. So that's, it's recognized yes. that doulas are, can be employed in hospitals and relieve the, work, the yes. burden of the midwives yes. who haven't got the time to spend hours with each patient, with each mother, not a patient, because they're not, they're not patients, there's nothing wrong with them. Yes, yes. They're clients. Yes, yes. And we all like, I like to talk about birthing, as we have been here, and that babies are born and pizzas are delivered, and that <laughs> is the difference. 
It's about the time, as you say. Sometimes I can imagine some mothers perhaps need more time. How do you figure that out? Or are you just present and um, you hold the space even if the mother doesn't need you? If you're with if you're with a mother, she needs you. She doesn't want you to go away. She wants you to stay there. N- no, I, I'm not suggesting you're going Sorry, away. You, I'm, I, yeah. I'm saying that that often you don't need to do anything. It's about holding the space, being present, and yes. your presence is calming. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So it's not necessarily that you're always doing something. No, you're just there caring. Mm. Now, when you, when you think back to your midwifery days, mm. how hectic was that? <laughs> that it, it, when I started my midwifery, I, was in, I trained in Portsmouth and I went to London because I was temping because I was very sort of mobile. And I went to the agency and they said, oh, we've got a place for you at St. Mary's Maternity Unit. And I said, but I haven't got my results yet. I'm not actually qualified. And they said, well, when are your results do you? And I said, um today so she said okay you'll be fine off you go and that was the day that <laughs> wow. that was the day that I fell in love with midwifery I wasn't okay. wild about it when I did my training yes and it just and I fell in love with it then and I worked as a midwife for a long time and then I think that's why I came back to it as a doula after many many years mm. Mm. but it was sometimes it's hectic but mm. if you have enough you see if you have enough staff and doulas then this was way back in the 70s doulas then were really unknown yes but you had a you had a, a midwife assigned to each mother mm. and the mid- you don't have now and the midwife was uh, the component was to to keep the mother calm well yes and to birth the baby yeah and to and the midwife because it's also dealing with the medical side mm. needs to be able to recognize um, when when the prob- if there are any problems with the mother or the mm. child. Of course, when I think of midwifery, I think of Sissy Spacek. I can't even remember the movie, but, you know, the, 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 how tense it can get as a midwife and the kind of decisions you have to make and then you, you, you're mm. called to answer for. Uh, you know, hers was a situation. They were snowbound. You always have to make that decision when to get help. Uh, is there always that tension that things um, can go wrong? We don't have that kind of snow stress level. Uh, but there. no, there's no, there's not. The tension is not is is not there unless the tension occurs because something is going wrong. But the tension generally, I mean, birthing is a perfectly normal thing to do. It's yeah. it, we none of us would be here if there wasn't for mothers birthing, and it's generally it's generally it's problem free. Generally, it's yeah. problem free. Yeah. In all of the, uh, so, are there some births that stand out for you? Um. Yes, I think there are. Um, I well, I, whether that's because I was personally easier with the person I was work, working with, um, whether you know, personalities come into it a lot, and I think that some births, yes, some births, yes, I do remember more clearly than others. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to tell you when it just in my training year I had to have two hundred births, so. You're working in a, I mean, but the birth that I did in Portsmouth while I was in training with my district midwife, when we were called in the middle of the night and we went to this house and it was a young, young woman, 22, and we birthed, she, and my midwife was one of these who said, just get on with it. It's your job. You can do it. And I, I birthed twins, both breach. Unknown twin, wow. undiagnosed twins, wow. both breach. And that stands out in my memory very, very loud. <laughs> wow. Baptism by fire. 
Um, but as you say, it's the kind of thing that um, it is a natural process and part of it is mm. keeping calm. Mm. Yeah, it's accepting it that it's a natural process. Yeah. And not, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a miracle. Every single birth is a yeah. miracle. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of w- would be a standout. Of course, you're yeah, not going to so. get undiagnosed twins anymore, are you? Well, yes. I met somebody the other day who said she was behind me in the queue and she said, oh, she'd got triplets in the car. And I said, did you know you're having triplets? She said, no, I knew I was having twins, but I didn't know I was having triplets. How does that happen in this day and age? <laughs> Just because when you do an ultrasound, you've got so many arms and legs, you sort of get lose count. And one of them can be tucked behind another one or a bit smaller, perhaps. So, yeah, no, the things, these surprises do happen. Okay. Not often, but they do. Okay. And in terms of the, the dynamic of the people who assist the mother, do you sometimes have to work more with them than the mother? Sometimes is the mother the most chilled person in the room? Yeah, sometimes the father is less chilled than the mother. Um, some fathers just go away. They can't cope at all. Yeah. They just leave. Yeah. And they come back right at the end. Um, but mostly, mostly I think generally in midwifery, most of the, most of the staff are quite chilled. And that's what makes it special. And if, if grandparents or other family members want to be around, do you encourage that? Or do you try and keep the number of people uh, to a minimum? You spoke about the water birthing and how there's not much room. It's Well, no, that's only because there's not much room in the bath. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, I, I think it's nice. I think if you've got a home birth, yeah. it's, it's a completely different atmosphere. And yes, mm. there are people coming in and out and there are. And again, the mother, if the mother doesn't want them, then you shoo them out. It's yeah. the mother who's the one that cares. Yes. But in, generally in the hospital situation, there's, they sometimes let the mother of the mother, the mother of the mother to be in. Yeah. But generally they, they don't like those sort mm. of mm. visitors. They mm. want to keep it just down to the father, the mother, the doula, the midwives, mm. the doctor. Now, how does the costing exactly. work? Uh, you know, some births can be extraordinarily long and others are bada-boom, bada-bang. Uh, do you Same charge cost. per birth? You, part, you charge per birth. Okay. So it's you charge per birth because you see the mother beforehand. Yeah. It's not only just the birthing process. You see the mother beforehand. You see her afterwards. She can call, And she'll call you. Of, for, for various other things, for feeding problems, so you help with the, the latching. And going back to where you were saying about banging the baby on the back, and the babies are now skin to skin to the mother. Mm. Ideally, the mothers are skin to skin, and they are allowed to seek the breast out themselves so that mm. they find the breast themselves. And at this, you put warm towels over them, but otherwise you leave them to just get on with life. And then if, if uh, you're the doula and the child is uh, premature, for example, and needs to go straight into an incubator, um, mm. uh, how, do you then assist the mother in terms of managing that process as well? Well, in those processes, they, with, the, the, with the situation as it is today, mothers are allowed into nurseries. Mothers take their babies out of incubators and keep it. Babies that are nursed skin to skin, what we call the kangaroo, kangarooing your baby, and you have a sling that the baby lives in on your chest. Those babies grow faster, and if there's anything slightly wrong with them, they're weak, they develop better if they're skin-to-skin with their mother than if they're in the incubator. Mm. And the incubators are being redesigned, that you don't have these boxes. You have, like, little cocoons that the babies lie in so they feel safer. Um, it's, It's a whole different world. You need to talk to one of the one of the people who works in a, in a prenatal nursery. 
Yeah, yeah, that it certainly Neo, is neonatal yeah. neonatal yeah. nursery. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they they have even they have a different sort of depth because yeah. they're dealing with the babies. Yeah, but there's no there's not the babies in an incubator. You can't come here. You can't come in. Mm. The, the parents are welcomed into the nursery and mm. to put their hands if they're in an incubator to be able to put their hands in and to and to have tactile. Um, a t- a tactile sensations with their baby. Now, how do people find doulas? Is it a word of the mouth situation? It's often word of mouth, but as I say, if they go to the Wounds website, that's where the doulas are all listed, and you can find one that's near you. You can find one that maybe a friend has spoken to you about, uh, and the doulas are becoming. There are more and more and more of them. Mm. So that's that's how you can find. And if you are in an antenatal class. The information would be given to you about about the doulas and how to find them and mm, mm. how they and we all chat and I think in the days when I was doing I mean you have to remember that I don't haven't doulaed for two years mm. except for people close friends and mm. second time and repeat babies mm. um, but it's so it's and the, the charging is I don't know how much they charge nowadays. It's it's difficult to say. Is it a fairly it, um, set rate so that you, you don't pretty, undercut pretty, so another doula? Okay, it's not regulated, but it's pretty um, it's pretty even. And what kind of percentage board. of of the amount that they pay would be towards a doula? If it, if the if the doula the doula chart is working as a private entity, mm. so she will charge her fees, and that all goes to the doula. I mean, in terms of the whole package, uh, perhaps the real thing would be what the medical aides are prepared to pay for doulas. I I can't answer that because when I, it's now, uh, I haven't been party to that development. Mm, mm, mm. But it's um, but that is a game changer. That is a game changer to have. Yeah. And people were always trying to. And the reason we we weren't paid is because they hadn't agreed the tariff and they hadn't agreed this yes, and they, yes. Well, that's, know, so that's why I was asking about cost in terms of is it a proportion of the birthing cost? I don't even know what it costs to have a child, but I'm I'm frightened by the figures that get bandied around. Yes, it's it it's always cheap. It's cheaper for the mother to have a private midwife rather than a, a and and a and a doctor who sees her occasionally, and for the midwife to do the birth, to attend the birth. But it's it's a really it's a really tortuous situation with the medical aids because if a if a midwife looks after a mother right through her pregnancy and into her birthing process and then something goes wrong and they have to have an, a, an obstetrician in the doctor in maybe she needs a caesar then the medical aids will pay the obstetrician but not the midwife so then the family have to fund the midwife hmm. Hmm. so there's these sort of crazy arrangements which i think are all under discussion um, they need to sort of make it fair across the board that everybody gets paid. Mm. And, um, and I, I don't know the deal that they've done with, with Discovery, but I did see a report saying that Discovery have accepted doulas and are paying for them, mm. which is mm. a huge step. Because mm. mm. sometimes people wouldn't have a doula because they couldn't afford it. Yes. And I was, you know, it, it certainly is a very middle class um, um, mm. uh, uh, I suppose a luxury, um, and and it, it is that kind of thing. Once you've had it, you you see the benefit of. It. I was also yeah. um, hearing about people who have have women who assist mothers who've given birth, and mm. they mm. you know bring the baby to the mother in the middle of the night, and so that mm. getting sleep has got to be such an important part of the process. Mm. Is there any kind of follow up connection once the baby's birthed? 
Oh yes, I always go went to see my mothers after after they've gone home. Yes, always. Yeah, and I think that's pretty standard for all the doulas. Into, really? Yeah, and, and as you say, you do second birthing once once they've done one. It's very difficult yeah. to to do without they, one, they, that person. They want they want you back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had a call just now earlier this month saying asking me somebody, but she was she actually by the time I we managed to. Well, I didn't actually connect with her at all. I'm going to go and see her. By the time I got hold of her husband, he said, well, she, I knew she'd left it too late because she had the baby last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, so I said, oh, okay, I do remember you, but I'll, I'll come and see her. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be interested in terms of, of moms. Um, when people ask you to be a doula and the mm. uh, the dates overlap, and somebody has one late and, and somebody else has one early. Um, is it just about juggling? It's about juggling. And it, it, it's not often that they crash into each other. But if they do, then within the doula community, we back each other up. Somebody will cover until you can get there. Yes. Okay. And vice versa. But, the, know, ho- so but the whole point is that you've established a relationship with your doula. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're busy with one mother, you can't just drop her and go to the next one so yes, you will find yes. somebody to fill in and usually you arrange a cover before you so you say to somebody look I've got a mother that's due I've got two mothers that are due within a week of each other yes or you know and that means they could both happen together yes and you get cover so that the other person the other doula knows that she's going to and I used I had a partner who we used to work very closely together like that and we'd cover for each other if necessary but it didn't happen that often Okay. At all right. All. all right. Well, thank you very much for for sharing um, the life of being a doula. It's something that not many people know about in terms of the term and in terms mm. of of the role. Uh, Jane in West Coast. Hi. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I've got a lovely little story for you. Okay. Listening to all these births and whatever. Yes. I thought I had to tell you this one. Okay. In 1985, 1950, oh God, no, 1951, I gave birth to a daughter in Salisbury. My doctor was a gyno, very, very uh, well known. And um, I gave birth to my baby without a labor pain. This not doctor, one, okay. Not one labor. I wasn't, I didn't even know I was uh, a due date. And I went up to him and he examined me. I had a room full of ladies that had to, you know, go in there. And when he took me straight away, examined and he came out and he said to these women, he says, I'm sorry, you'll have to wait a little while. I'm just taking this young lady up to the hospital because she is starting to get into labor and she can't go home because she's out of town and she's going to stay there. So we go and I'm staying there the night and I hear all these women going mad with pains and screaming or whatever, you know, sitting for God's sake. I cannot sleep like this. So they gave me a little sleeping tablet and the next morning I get pushed into um, this room now where I'm supposed to give birth. And the nurses are standing around and they're now waiting and they're feeling and they says, well, look, 
you go to bed to start, if you feel any pain, just tell us and we'll tell you how to slowly push and what have you. And I say, but I haven't got any pain. And then they start looking at each other and they start, no, well, something's going on. <laughs> and I keep saying, I says, listen, this doctor told me that half past seven, I will have a baby. And why isn't he here? So he says, no, he, he's on his way. So the next minute he walks in there and he says to me, um, feels me with stomach and he says, right, girl. Whenever you now feel this little contraption or whatever it is, he says, you start pushing slowly as we're telling you. I said, but doctor, there is nothing there. <laughs> I haven't got any pain. <laughs> then they start looking at each other as mean to say this cannot happen. Now, this doctor was a well-known professor, and he was stunned. He has never, ever had anything like it. And they now, you know, telling me, uh, we're going to let you just push without the pain, but not fast, you know, slowly. I said to him, but I can't do that. Then they look and they say, well, look, she's got black hair. So it's there. Wow. Just like that. And, and, and I, I, I still didn't have any pain. She was born without a pain. I wonder nothing, if, nothing, uh, nothing. I wonder if other people have experienced that too. I would love to know. Because okay. I've listened many times, you know, I've been a yeah. great talk listener for until this station opened. And I've listened to all these, you know, stories, and especially this one tonight, and I thought, right, this is interesting. And nobody has ever brought up a painless birth. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that with us, Jane. It, I really it, do appreciate it. Yeah, I tell you, it, it's, it was unbelievable. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, B in Kenilworth, hi. You've also got oh, a story. Hi, yes. Um, my cousin, Carol Blankenberg, she gave birth to the first um, water baby in South Africa. She was a um, journalist for the Star newspaper, and her husband was also a journalist. And the pictures appeared in, I think it was the Femina or the My Fair Lady. It was in Johannesburg. And, um, and she didn't tell us about it. The baby was born on Guy Fox, I remember that, about 42 years ago. Wow. called him Guy. And um, we opened <laughs> this magazine, and there she was. And we were disgusted. I mean, none of us had had babies yet, so we were disgusted. And when we did have babies, we all ended up with breech babies because of, you know, um, babies that were upside down and things like that. So we don't really know anything about birthing, my sister and I. But um, it was very, very interesting. But it definitely was the first um, baby in South Africa born in a tub of water. Wonderful. I mean, and uh, of course it was novel in those days. Oh, yes. She was the first one in South Africa. And being a journalist, they filmed it. But um, I don't know what her married name was because she's remarried now and I can't remember what her first husband's name was. But her a journalist's name was Carol Blankenberg because she joined the paper before she got married. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, B. It's a pleasure. You take care. Bye. Bye-bye.